had to add that last piece because it's so important. Every week we come and we proclaim this is the word of the Lord. And then all of us dare to say, thanks. Thanks be to God. And I just don't ever want us to lose sight of that because we're here to proclaim the word of God and then by grace go out and live it. That's what we're called to do. And I found that this week there was so much to unpack in this passage. I kept thinking, I was right there with the disciples. This is a difficult teaching. Who can understand this? Who can accept this? So I really had to get with God and let God speak to me about this passage. Because it wasn't just the passage, it's the world right now. There is a lot in the world that I don't understand right now. I don't understand how the Taliban could have taken over Afghanistan. I don't understand earthquakes in Haiti again. I don't understand the permanent haze from the wildfires and climate change, the Delta variant, suicides and drug addiction, and the scourge of fentanyl. An interesting thing happens when we don't understand things. If we can't tease out a reasonable explanation for what's happening, our brains begin to see it as a threat. It doesn't matter how big the issue, it doesn't have to be religious fundamentalism or climate change or a pandemic. It could just be somebody's criticism of us. It could be a relationship breakup or a screw up at work or a new teaching that we find very challenging, different from what we've always thought. But when these things happen, we go on high alert because we feel threatened. Our livelihoods, our way of life, things that we hold dear to us suddenly feel threatened. But the more we feel threatened, the better the opportunity for us to dig a little deeper. I know that the times in my life where I have felt threatened by something that I didn't understand, but I stayed open and really leaned in. Those times have been hard for sure, but they're nothing like the times where I experienced a perceived threat and just walked away. Because if we don't lean in and really try to understand what's going on, we wind up judging and blaming and becoming argumentative and fearful. And then we walk away with all that negativity and nonsense inside. It has nowhere to go. Brene Brown, the great sociologist and researcher, describes this aversion to threat as part of our basic instinct for survival. She says that when we encounter something new and we can actually make sense of it very quickly, then we are rewarded chemically in our brains. But the problem is, she says, that we're rewarded regardless of the accuracy of the story. So what that means is that a bunch of us are walking around with stories in our heads that cast blame and shame and doubt on ourselves and others, and the stories may be completely false. 
And then those stories become our thoughts and our emotions and our behaviors. So it's like somewhere deep down inside, we think, well, if I can just explain this difficulty, then it will hurt less. I'll be able to sleep better at night. I won't have to uncover things that I'd rather not think about. So we work overtime to create a, a story. So when Jesus was talking about the bread of life and the disciples eating his flesh and drinking his blood, you can see how they may have had a little difficulty with this. They may have been a little put off. I can imagine that they were kind of like, okay, Jesus, you had us right up until then. In verse 60, the disciples are complaining and grumbling about this teaching. And they say, this teaching is difficult. Who can accept this? And then they wind up walking away. They leave. They've made up their story. This guy is crazy, they think. They're saying to themselves, we're, we're waiting on a Messiah, somebody who's supposed to rescue us from the Romans who are making our lives miserable. We want somebody who's going to take some action against them. We're looking for a political leader, they think, a military leader, someone who's going to be present and fight our battles. And you're here talking about bread. I'm out. This teaching is too difficult. You bet it is. And just because we have 2,000 years of perspective doesn't mean it's going to be any easier on us than it was on them. Now, when it comes to the Bible, maybe you're somebody who opens the Bible and you immediately think it's beautiful and inspiring and it changes the way you live. And that is awesome. But I know for a lot of people, myself included even sometimes, there are passages in the Bible that we wrestle with. There are things that just don't make sense. Some of the things that Jesus said sometimes are too lofty for us to understand. Sometimes the Old Testament in particular can seem archaic and full of sayings and rules and violence. And we just don't get it. We don't understand. There are stories, frankly, that can be hard for us to believe. And there are people, including good preachers sometimes, and bad preachers sometimes, who throughout history have justified things by looking at scripture and finding just the right verse to support their cause by taking it completely out of context. These are really important things to acknowledge. At some point or another, you are going to come across something in scripture, something in church history, Maybe even something today in your life that is challenging, that is threatening you, that is difficult. You're having a hard time making sense of it. And it can become a stumbling block to faith. So we're going to take a look today at some of the things that we can do when we hear hard teachings. And then we're also going to take a look at what Jesus probably really thinks when he sees us wrestling with these things. So to start with, I want to say that one of the best things we can do when we hear a hard teaching is to pause. Just pause. There is such humility in the pause. 
pausing allows us to catch up with what our brains are busy trying to make sense of. It allows us time to reflect and to listen. And maybe you've noticed lately in our world that people sometimes have a really hard time reflecting and listening. When we hear something different, something jarring, subconsciously we fear the disruption that it might cause in our lives, the disruption to the status quo. We worry that we might have to change in ways we're not ready to do yet. We feel compelled to respond. In fact, sometimes we start making up the story in our minds of how we're going to respond before the other person has even finished speaking. We need to get better at listening. We need to get better at listening to each other and to the Holy Spirit. Because this might come as a surprise to you, but God is not going to leave you alone to figure this out on yourself, by yourself. You have at your disposal the guidance and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Someone asked me recently, how do you know if what you're hearing is from God, is the Holy Spirit? And that's a great question. The best answer that I could offer is that if it is of God, it will always be for the best and highest good of all of God's people. Not just some, but all. Although God does demand that we give preferential treatment to some people, and that would be to those less fortunate, to the ones who need it the most. And even then, that's in our best and highest good as well. Another thing is that God is never your adversary. God isn't the voice of condemnation and fear. That's the voice of evil. So how good are we at listening and at carving out time to listen in order to discern the voice of God? Jesus was saying a new thing, and it definitely caused a disruption to the status quo. Jesus knew scripture inside and out. He knew the laws, all of them. He knew what the prophets said. And if we really read closely in the Bible, we see that Jesus wasn't criticizing scripture. He wasn't criticizing the word of God. He was reinterpreting it. He told Nicodemus, you must be born again of water and spirit. He told the Samaritan woman at the well, the day is coming when you will worship in a new way. He told people the dead will hear the voice of God and be raised. He told them that they would eat food and die, but that if they eat the bread of heaven, they will live forever. Over and over and over again, we hear him saying, this is what you know, but let me tell you this in a new way. You have heard it said, but I say, Jesus is giving people a new way of thinking about God, reinterpreting scripture for a new generation of hearers. But to hear it afresh requires imagination. And imagination requires that we unlearn old ways, unlearn old habits, and to just sit in the realization that sometimes we have no idea what in the world Jesus is even talking about. 
Imagination is about being able to see beyond what is so that we can see what could be. It's about moving from fear and worst case scenarios to trust. Most of the time, when we get tripped up by a new teaching or a new thing, it's because we lack the ability, the ability to see what might be. The great Wayne Gretzky was once asked what made him such a spectacular hockey player. And he said most people skate to the puck. I skate to where the puck's going. The story of God is the story of humanity overcoming because of God's divine love. It's the story of good overcoming evil. It's the story of death even being overcome by life, by resurrection. It's the story of Jesus who saves by making real life possible for those of us here on earth as well as in the world to come. It's the story of the one who can help us understand even when everything in the world seems incomprehensible. That's where we're going. Skate to where the puck is going. Skate to what is the end. Keep the end in mind. What is possible? Where do we want to be? In union and communion with Christ who makes all things new is where I want to be. And then ask, what's possible? How do we interpret this event, this crisis, this challenging word in light of the story of God's amazing love for the universe? What's possible for us in light of that? Go there. When things seem so hard and beyond our understanding, pause, reflect, begin with the end in mind, and ask what's possible. Jesus is giving people a new way of thinking about God, but even in his most explicit and grace-filled offer of himself, as the bread, the gift of life, some people will still walk away. It breaks my heart because I've experienced the joy and the peace of trusting God, but I've also experienced that angst when I haven't. And here's something I want you to know. Jesus does a remarkable thing when the disciples walk away in the passage that we just heard. He turned to the other 12, the 12 remaining disciples, and he said, do you also want to leave? See, it's our choice. Do we walk or do we sit with that discomfort? Notice that Jesus isn't angry with those who leave. He doesn't chastise them. There's no judgment or shaming in his voice. He didn't get his feelings hurt. People will walk away sometimes. The story of Judas 
reminds us that some will even betray Jesus. Talk about a hard teaching. Some will believe and some won't. Some will fight to understand and some will betray. And we don't know why. Do you also want to leave? We get a choice. I love Peter's answer when Jesus poses the question. Peter says, where would we go? Now, you could read utter confidence into that statement, as in, where else would we go, Jesus? You have the words of eternal life, which is what Peter said. But you could also read it this way. Maybe it sounded a little bit less certain and a lot more like beginning with the end in mind. You have the words of eternal life. We've seen enough to believe that you're the Holy One and we don't get it. I don't understand this hard teaching either, but let's see how all this goes. Let's see where it leads. It's our choice. We get to claim for ourselves which direction we will go. Another time in scripture, a rich young man encountered Jesus, and he asked him, what do I have to do to have eternal life? And Jesus told him to sell everything he had and to follow him. And the rich young man walked away, grieving. So do we have the guts to follow Jesus? It's a dilemma. We listen to the word of God. We listen to Jesus preach as he passes through. And we may not understand. We may not even like what we hear him saying. Do we dare go with him? Jesus isn't trying to make us comfortable. In fact, I'd say the more uncomfortable you are with a teaching from Jesus, the more you need to sit with it. Dig deep. Lean in. Pause. God is not going anywhere. There's no judgment when you doubt. There's no shame in being confused or disagreeing or seeing things from a different slant. What there is, is grace. Because if there's one thing that the teaching about eating flesh and drinking blood has taught me, it's that the more of Jesus I get in me, the better. The Eucharist is all about presence. Jesus said, those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. He was saying, do this so that I will be in you. You will have me with you always. My presence, my love, my wisdom will be with you always. When the going gets tough and Jesus sees you wrestling with these things, there is nothing but grace for the journey. In Proverbs 3, we hear, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. We don't have to understand everything. We just have to lean in and lean on God. What a relief. What grace. 
And speaking of understanding, the great writer Anne Lamott once said, I don't understand the mystery of grace. I don't even understand that. Only that it meets us where we are and it does not leave us where it found us. Jesus is intent that when we see the signs and the miracles, we see the Holy One of God. He is intent that when we eat the bread of heaven, we experience the Holy One of God. He is intent that when we hear the word from God, we pay attention. It can be difficult. But the good news is that there are only two things that we really need to understand. That Jesus is who he says he is, and what difference will we allow that to make in our lives? The grace of God meets us where we are and takes us on a journey of understanding. God will speak to those who dare to stick with him. Thanks be to God. Amen.